At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying his word together. Today, we invite you to tune in for our current series, Reveal, Stories with Purpose as we study the parables of Jesus, reading stories with the power to reveal God's truth in our lives. Good morning, everyone. So good to see everybody <laughs> who is here. Amen. <laughs> if you... Um, we're so glad to have the children. I know last Sunday we had a lot of little ones, you know, so we're providing all kinds of goodies for them to stay, you know, engaged. And if you're an adult and have a harder time, I think we have enough to go around. Here you go, Bill. <laughs> hey, he asked for it, okay? <laughs> uh, well, I am so pleased today. My gosh, God's Word is so powerful for every single one of us, and I sense in my spirit, that he is so affectionate to every single one of us today. You know, we don't deserve it if I were to ask for a show of hands, but, you know, you are a unique treasure of God Almighty, and he wants to just pour himself into all of us this morning in such a special way, because I think we wake up every day with a little bit of an angst. It's like, life. It leads to death one day. <laughs> and that's a little bit of an issue for us, <laughs> okay? Especially during a pandemic time. And so between birth and that final breath, there is the cause of God for every one of our lives. Wouldn't you love to know why you're on this planet and what God has for you to accomplish? I know you want to know that. And today I believe God is going to speak that into our lives. Well, we are in a series of, of parables uh, at Woodside, and it's awesome. The parables, you know, the one we're going to look at today has to do with uh, this open invitation to this banquet. It's one that we're probably all familiar with. And uh, at that time in a cultural setting, we've got to recognize that who's who is very important. Like, who gets invited to the banquet, right? Like, if you're cool, yeah, you get invited. If you're not, <laughs> sorry, you didn't get the invitation, right? So in this story, and we're going to look at a lovely cartoon today designed for the kids, and we're all like little kids somewhere. You know, we'll get to that in just a minute. But we're going to see this entire portion of Scripture played out in this little cartoon. How many of you ever felt like you were an outsider at high school? Anybody? Yeah, that's what I thought, everybody, yep. Church of nerds here, okay? This is good. <laughs> yes. We all feel like we don't fit in somewhere, right? And that's part of God's plan because we don't. We don't fit in this world, but we fit in his plan, amen? Yeah, he's got a special place for a special you, right, for every single one of us. So there is this tension of those who have found their place in the body of Christ so right on. And even though we're saved, we still have some questions. How am I supposed to function? All right. And God wants to answer that question for you today. But then there are all of those who are outside of this, we'll call it a party. Being in the kingdom is like a party. And that's what this parable is about. And not being in the kingdom is like you didn't even get an invitation. A car just went by. I don't know if those people have been invited or not. Are you okay with that? There goes another one. Yeah. 
Well, you know, maybe later, Neva, okay? <laughs> but I mean, we've got to start thinking like that. Because there is the church and there is the world. And some of them have never been invited. And here we sit today in a beautiful space, incredible artwork, great music. (laughs) Did I say that? I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) And we're living this great life. We're all like loving each other. And there's a world that is dying. No guilt trip. None. Just the realization that God is calling us to something absolutely wonderful. We want to access his power as ambassadors and be the invitation. You want to be the invitation that gets handed out. There's fulfillment in life. Amen. We did the food drive yesterday. I'm telling you, what a great experience. One lady drove by, and uh, she was talking to my wife, and she said, Thank you. Thank you for all that your church is doing for our community. That is amazing. I don't know if the person's ever been to church. I invited, I can't even tell you how many people I invited this morning. I thought we were going to have an issue. Looks like we have an issue, but it's not the one I thought. (laughs) You know, so I'm just hoping that those people, you know, will show up here. So parables, let's talk about parables for just a minute. That just kind of sets the cultural setting. We'll get into that a little bit more. But parables, Jesus spoke in parables. He told us stories. And what he wanted us to do is find ourselves in the story. So I got to ask the question, because that's the question of Scripture. Who are you in the parable that we're going to look at today? And he he gives us, he shows us ourselves, and then allows us to have a fresh revelation of who we are and where we are positioned in culture as it is right now. This parable, every one of them, every parable is an invitation to surrender self so that we can take on more of who Jesus is. So let's take a look at this parable. Um, Yeah, even now, okay? So as he's pulling that up. Stories of the Bible, the parable of the great banquet. This is Jesus. Heyo! Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world. While Jesus was on earth, he taught everyone about God's love and healed people from their sickness. He did many miracles like walking on water. Oh, hey guys. And even raised people from the dead. Uh, wahoo! <laughs> One day, Jesus went to eat at the house of a Pharisee. He said to the Pharisee who was hosting the meal, When you give a dinner, do not invite your friends, your family, or your rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. But invite the poor and those who have trouble seeing and walking. Then God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. When a man at the table heard what Jesus said, he said to Jesus, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. Jesus replied with a story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. Already! When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. 
<laughs> but they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married, so I can't come. <laughs> the servant returned and told his master what they had said. What? No way. His master was furious and said, Go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor. And those who have trouble seeing and walking. After the servant had done this, he reported, There is still room for more. Ray, all right. So his master said, Go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full, for none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Yay. <laughs> it was so cute. Well, it's all right out of scripture, so you can't go wrong with that. So the Pharisees in that day were inviting people to dinner for their own advantage. They invited Jesus because they kind of operated under the, the guise of, like, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. They could recognize Jesus was a potential problem. So the whole purpose for a dinner party was to simply be seen and be in a relationship that could further your position within that culture. So a little bit of a, a big problem there. And uh, so I thought, man, this is like awkward because he's telling them don't invite just the people that can benefit you, but invite, you know, people you don't even know. Then I thought, my wife whispered in my ear today, hey, do you want to get together with so-and-so after church? And I'm like, uh, wait a minute. <laughs> The messages, like get together with people that you don't know. How do we do this now? You know, so it's just kind of a, it's a funny situation because this is our hub. This is where we get powered up to go out and relate to people in the world because we're filled with this passion to bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus challenges us in two ways. How do we respond to our call? And I know it's different for everybody. Everybody is not supposed to be like me, obviously, or like Eric, or like, wait a minute, we're the same person, or like, uh, <laughs> or like you know, Bill, or like, uh, uh, you know, anybody else in the church, the other Bill, or the other Joe, or the other Joe. Where are the Joes today? Anyhow, uh, so we're all called very, very uniquely, okay? So how do we respond to that? And then do we invite other people? And then who is it that we are actually inviting? All right, so let's take a look. We want to be those who share the open invitation to God's celebration. That is our central idea today. So if you're sitting there evaluating, am I doing this? Am I not doing this? Let's be filled with this one simple idea today. You can do this. 
because it is God's plan for our lives. So let's take a look at Luke 14, 12 through 14. We've already seen this. This begins to be a very awkward situation if you put yourself at the party. Because what's happening is Jesus is a guest. You know, when you're a guest in somebody's home, you tend to be very polite and kind. But if you're, if you're at this party, somebody you invited, let's say you're having the party, somebody you invited says to you, excuse me, you shouldn't have invited these people. It's like, what? Is this our kind Gracious, loving Savior? Uh, Yeah. He's telling the guy who threw the party, you shouldn't have invited them. I passed three beggars on the way here, a blind person and a homeless guy, and you should have invited them because they can't repay you back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you invite some of your close friends, they're going to say, oh, well, we're going to have you over next time. Or you go out to dinner and the guy steals the check and pays it. Then you say, oh, I'll get it next time. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's cool. It's great. It helps build us up so that we can go out and begin to interact with people that are not in our inner circles. How many of you have ever been a part of a church, thank God it's not Woodside, but part of a church that was a holy huddle with just their fine people right there, all interacting. They're out there. God has called us to be missional in the way we live and evangelical, evangelistic in how we uh, live our lives. I am so thankful that I had parents that were like beatniks before there were beatniks, hippies before there were hippies, and skaters before there were skaters, and drug addicts. Anyhow, they were like really fun people, all right? Like we related. I remember one day, like, I don't know, I must have been like eight years old, and they got me all dressed up, took my shower on Saturday, we're ready to go. And, you know, the new clothes, polished shoes, and we were going to the president's house of the, uh, the FHA, Federal something, FH, Housing Association. Okay, that's it. We were going there for dinner, and, like, we sat real proper and everything. There were other times they took us to somebody's house where the man was a hoarder of auto parts, and he specialized in batteries. They were everywhere under the bed, in the kitchen, everywhere. And his wife was sleeping around. And they lived in a hovel, right? I mean, these were their friends. We'd go visiting. He had friends who were policemen, right? All kinds of people that they associated with. When we were kids, they took us to California, and we slept on the streets uh, uh, waiting for the Rose Bowl parade, you know? Uh, they just related to all kinds of people. And they found people to be really interesting. You know, my dad looked kind of, uh, well, Mediterranean, but he had, he had a look that if he was in Mexico, they thought he was Mexican. And when he was in Israel, they thought he was Jewish. So he's on a plane and this Jewish lady's sitting next to him and they're talking and he put his little Yiddish accent on, you know, and they're just having a great time talking about, you know, the universe, Right. And she said something about how wonderful it is to be, you know, a Jew. And he said, uh, oh, I'm I'm not Jew. I'm an Italian. And she goes, oh, what a shame, you know. And so they just could relate to all kinds of people. God wants us to be that way. You know, now, some of us are a little nervous in some circumstances and situations, right? Like the food drive yesterday. I I was like, how do I relate to the? I don't know what to say. 
And I'll get to that in just a moment. So God has called us to relate to all kinds of people. It really is a mark of ministry. Let's take a look at um, the slide that says, <laughs> what is our view of people, okay? And there's three points on that slide. What kinds of people make up the kingdom of God? And who are we willing to relate to for the sake of their salvation? These are great, great questions. Jesus is graciously pointing the finger, I love this part, at the host. Why is he doing that? Because when he passes by the beggars, he sees that they will respond to the gospel. And when he finds a woman caught in the act of adultery, he knows that he is going to spin that situation so that everybody has an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And now Jesus is reaching out to those who are on the lowest rung of the spiritual ladder. And it was the spiritual leaders of that day. He's not going to let the opportunity pass. What he is telling the host to do, he is actually doing. He's looking at the crowd, and he realizes, if I can get this guy, I can get the whole crowd. And they're all listening to what I'm saying. So the guy who looked like he was at the top of the social structure, Jesus viewed him as the most needy one and offered him the opportunity to be broken in his presence. It's so cool. Jesus is actually doing what he was calling them to do. I knew a pastor in Royal Oak and a good man of God, solid doctrine. And there was this homeless guy and he just thought, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta share Jesus with this guy. So he picked him up. For sure, this guy didn't know Jesus because he was living on the streets. He got him in his car and he started to talk with this guy and this man knew Jesus in ways that the pastor didn't. And I'm telling you, he was a good man. He was broken. And this man began to realize, when I get to heaven, who is going to be there? Will I recognize people that I thought would never make it? And they knew you all along. So our nice homes, our nice cars, our clean clothes, our nice, neat, organized lives mean nothing in comparison to the fact, do we know Jesus? And are we passionate about sharing him? He picked up this bum hoping to share Jesus. And instead, that man shared Jesus in a way that broke the heart of the pastor. That's awesome. And that gives me a perspective that when I look at people, what am I really looking at? A figure, a facade, a face, clothes. What are they driving? Yesterday at the food giveaway, people were driving by. First guy in line had a very beat up pickup truck. I just wanted to load him up with food and Jesus. There were other people driving some really fine machines. I mean, $60,000 pickup trucks and they needed food. Maybe they needed food because they bought the pickup truck. I don't know, you know. We just want to bless people, right? But I had to ask myself, what am I looking at? I'm looking at the workmanship of God Almighty in every one of their lives. No matter their station in life, they are God's handiwork. And we need to like see people through his eyes and have a passion 
to pour into them. Because what they need is the same thing we need is Jesus. And maybe just because they look a certain way and gives me an impression, it's not true. My son picked up a, a homeless guy the other day. He just, he drove past him. God spoke. He turned around. He picked up the guy. And the guy could sense the presence of God in his, in his pickup truck. And um, the guy started talking about God. And he brought him to a store. He went in. He came back out. And the guy probably felt a little uneasy because he's talking about Jesus. And he said to my son, hey, I just want you to know, like, I'm not a Jesus freak. And my son said, oh, that's too bad because I am. Don't you ever be ashamed of being a Jesus freak. I mean, that's what we're called to be on display for the world to see. And so to hide our light Oh my gosh, we would be the most disgusting people on the planet to be filled with Jesus Christ and not share him? Can we go on like that? Another car just drove by. Do they know Christ? I mean, this has got to be the way we live every day. Because if your real treasure is Jesus and you've got so much that you're overflowing, isn't it fun to give a little, huh? Yeah. And so that's the passion he wants us to live with. Everybody deserves a chance. Everybody deserves a chance to hear about Jesus. So see how Jesus sees everybody. That's our theme. So at this party, let's go to uh, Luke 14, 15 through 18. Um, it starts out okay, and Jesus like <laughs> lays it on the host. And then somebody thought, oh, that's an awkward silence. I better say something. So some guy pipes up and he says, um, oh, oh uh, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Trying to break the quiet, right? And so then Jesus said to him, a man once gave a great banquet. And then we saw that. We saw the parable. So and in, this, in this parable, we have this situation where uh, people are supposed to RSVP. It was customary to send a servant to each household and say, hey, the feast is ready. And then we get all of these excuses uh, that are coming from everyone. So let's take a look at Luke 14, 19 through 24. And let's take a look at these excuses. Remember, a parable is a story where we are supposed to find ourselves. So let's see if we can find ourselves in this story. The excuses. The first one is, I just bought some property. All right? Or, no, no. Yeah, I just bought some property, and I have to go, I have to go see it. Didn't the guy look at it before he bought it? <laughs> I mean, really? What kind of an excuse is that? I don't get it, right? But he spent money on something that he cherished. The second one. You know, oh, I just bought five yoke of oxen. I need to go uh, examine them. What? Ten oxen. He didn't examine them before he bought them? Maybe it was like, for today, it might be, uh, I just bought, I own a factory, and I just bought this new piece of equipment. Or I'm a farmer, and I just bought this incredible tractor. I just, I just want to go ride my tractor today instead of go to this party, right? That I'm being invited to by God. That's the idea. So the first two excuses have to do with money. Remember, the love of it is the root of all evil. The next one is really bizarre. I just got married, so I can't come. It's like, what? You can't come because you're married? Your wife is your problem? I thought you, you're supposed to be thinking she's your solution. 
What, you, are you ashamed? What, she doesn't look good enough? What, she doesn't have something to wear? What's the problem? Just bring her, right? Relationships. Financial bondages and relationships sums up the whole of these excuses. Are we ever distracted by finances? Are we ever distracted because of relationships? You know, relationships is a tough one because we're a church and we all have relationships with each other, you know. I mean, how many of you love uh, Keith Griffin? You love Keith Griffin? Raise your hand. Let's see. Okay, good, good. Yeah, this morning, you know, we gathered for prayer and it was like, man, it's like, it's like so quiet. And Bill said, well, you know, what, what did you say? <laughs> Something like most of the volume comes from Keith. Keith, I hope you're listening to this. <laughs> And everybody laughed because that's our brother Keith. He always has something special to share that enlivens the group. It's like his giftedness is like so cool. So like we're all part of this and relationships in a church have got to be maintained under the gaze of God. We're not allowed to have problems with each other that we do not go to that person resolve them. Now, it's interesting in this parable because the first invitation is likened to uh, the Great Commission, you know, to go to Jerusalem, Judea, you know, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth. So the first one is right there. He's inviting the people right there. The second invitation is like the gospel going beyond that, okay? And the third invitation is to the uttermost parts of the earth, One commentator views the situation with Jesus charging the religious folks with a crime for not inviting everybody. He's asking the church of his day a question through the story. And uh, what is your job as the one who is hosting? Hosting the presence of God and hosting um, those people that you don't know very well. So when I looked at this portion, I knew I was going to be sharing on it. I said, God, you know, I don't want to just share, I don't want to just share a message. I want to, I want to live a message. I, I, w- I want the opportunity to live this out. So when I share it, it's life. It's not some theory or theology. So I had this guy, he was working in my driveway, driveway Dave, I call him. And uh, Dave was doing a driveway, and we were having dinner. And I ran and I said, hey, Chris, can we invite Dave to dinner? I'm sharing on like Luke, you know, 12, uh, what is it, 14. She said, yeah. So I, oh, so much. So I ran, hey, Dave, you want to have dinner with us? He said, no, he was kind of busy, but at least I invited him, right? So that was, was really, really cool. I like that. I like that. It's really fun. And then, <laughs> this is so cool. I got a call yesterday, and this pastor says, hey, Joe, um, I got this couple. They want to get married. Uh, on Monday, can we get married at your house in the backyard? And I said, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> you know, it's like I get to have strangers at my house and I'm thinking I'm going to like, I'm going to decorate this place. I don't know who these people, I'm going to take pictures. They're going to have wedding photos. It's going to be awesome. It is so much fun. I, I, I don't, is it okay to say I dare you? I would like for you <laughs> to ask God to make you the invitation to strangers. See what happens. It is so much fun. You know why it's fun? 
And this isn't in the name of fun. This is in the name of Jesus fun because he put us on this planet to be a light to everybody around us. And if we fail at that, we are going to be above all people, you know, the most miserable because there's that angst. Why am I here? This is why. Let's take a look at some life applications here. It's very simple. We are to RSVP, all right? We are to respond to God's invitation. I would venture to guess that probably everybody in this room has accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And I think it's really important to know where we have come from as sinners, not to wallow in the past, but to remember that God has done a great redemptive work in your life. You were a sinner and and you knew that. And you cried out for repentance. We have a lot in common. You know what? We have a lot in common with the world today out there that is not in here today. They're sinners. We were sinners. We've accepted Christ. We have a great future because Jesus Christ lives inside of us. We have the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ right here. If you read uh, John 14, Jesus said, the Father and I will come. We'll make our house inside of you. And I will send the Holy Spirit. Do you get that? You've got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me you don't have the power to be a witness. We've got it. There's a step that has to be taken. I'm thinking, you know, when they crossed the Jordan, it didn't part until they put their foot in. Yeah. God may want us to get our foot in the water. Yeah. Part those waters. Find a way to bring salvation. We have a a lifestyle that is for everyone. People should be coming to us and saying, hey, what's up with you? Why are you so happy? Be ready to give every man a reason for the hope that lies within. Give them an answer because they're asking you questions. What's up with you? Right? Just like that that guy that got in my son's truck, he knew something was going on there that was otherworldish, that was desirable. The scripture tells us that God takes no pleasure, you know, in the destruction, the perishing of the wicked. God doesn't take pleasure in that kind of judgment. He has prepared us to reach out. Let's take a look at the next uh, slide here. There's a few scriptures, guys, that are so powerful. Who needs to be invited? We've covered that. Let's go on to uh, the next one. All right. Yeah, oh, there it is. Okay, so in Hebrews, it says very plainly, let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality. And the word hospitality means a love for strangers. Those cars drove by yesterday, you know, in a line. Can you imagine this? You want to be part of food giveaway because <laughs> they're driving by. It's like, okay, here's the next person waiting in line for food. Oh, waiting in line to see Jesus because he lives right here, right? I mean, I got nothing to do with this. It's all him, right? Should be. And here they are waiting in line. What an incredible. And I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to say. What do I say? So he gave me a couple of lines. Isn't it great to be an American? I just got off the phone, this was true, with a friend from India, and they're going through COVID-19 right now, and it's nothing like this. We are so blessed to be able, as Americans, to love one another and share food. Isn't God good? And you know, you just had a sense 
with each car if you could go a little further. I, Eric was there with me. One lady just was like ready to start crying. Another lady said to me, man, you make me feel like I just want to come to your church. She's not here. If you're here, raise your hand. Yeah, okay. You know what? That's not going to slow us down, right? Right? Big deal. How many times did somebody have to hammer Jesus on you before you finally, you know, caved and, you know, got saved? All right. Uh, let's take a look at the next slide. I love these verses. These are so incredibly cool. Uh, what does it say? For, I think, I should say I think. I thank God. I think God. Oh, it is think. Uh, Hebrews 11. Let's go to the next one. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us uh, also lay aside every weight and sin, in other words, inhibitions, nervousness, you know, which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. So we are on stage. We're surrounded by an an angelic host and also by the people around us in everyday life. James, look at the next one. James chapter 1, verse 17. This is where I want you to land today. Every good gift, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. I want everybody to say, I am gifted. I am gifted. You are gifted. If anybody's hungry, never will feed you. <laughs> oh, yeah. If anybody has a big project that needs a lot of organization, Joe Daru, right? Yeah. If anybody wants great photos taken, who can do that? No, not me. Tanya. Yeah. All right. You see what I'm saying? We are incredibly gifted. Wherever I see Danny and Liz, I don't care. it doesn't matter where I see them. They're smiley faces. They're so young. And they're just helping everybody. It's like so cool. I love it. I love it. Eric. Eric I, you know, I think of Eric. I think of uh, three words. We can do four words. We can do this. <laughs> No matter where you go, it's like, oh, yeah, we got a problem. No problem. You know, we got a problem. No problem. That's Eric. I mean, it happens. We are living in a gifted body of Christ. Amy, oh, you need a place to meet? Yeah, you can use my place. All right. Anybody want somebody to pray? There's always Mary. We are gifted in this body of Christ. And I know there's not time to mention every single person. Let's go on here. I want us to take a look at uh, this, this idea out of Hebrews, where it says that we are called. He says, don't be, uh, don't be uh, neglectful, uh, but entertain strangers, okay? Because we have entertained angels unaware. That's out of Hebrews 13. Yeah, we've entertained angels unaware. You know, and that's why I want to bring it back to this idea that every person that we meet, every human being, was known by God before the foundations of the earth. Conception is of God. And they contain something of God. So when you meet somebody new, look for Jesus in them. It may be crusted over with ages of sin and iniquity. But below that tarnish, you know, 
you, you, you give them the word of God and it begins to fall off and you can see God's design in their lives. We are the world's entertainment. They want HGTV. Guess what? Jesus Christ is the interior designer of our hearts. Amen? Amen. He is the one who has made us beautiful on the inside, no matter what's going on out here. We need to let people see that. You know, the older you get, you know, you're already, you're in a category. I'm in a category now, right? Go to Home Depot and the lady says, would you like somebody to carry that two by four out for you? I'm like, let me show you what I could do with this two by, no. (laughs) You know what I mean? So you got to get past this and give them what's on the inside. Sports. People want sports. We're Christians. We're fighting a warfare. You know, sports, this team, the yellow team, the blue team, whatever they're wearing, whatever kind of ball, it could be a pigskin, could be a base, could, any kind of ball. They all have balls they use, right? Doesn't matter. We're in the real game. They want to see sports? We'll show them sports. They want to see a winner? Join this team. This is where the winners are. Amen. You know, golf, whatever. I can't, I got no analogies. Foodies. <laughs> Foodies. People, they're foodies. Food network. My gosh, I sit there and just salivate, you know? cover up with a little Afghan saliva all over it, watching these foodies, right? We're dishing out the real food of the kingdom. That's what God has called us to be. We're the entertainment. Don't neglect entertaining because you've got it. Finances, two of the excuses. You want to talk about treasure, money, value? We're rich. We're rich in Jesus Christ. We've got access to the bank accounts of heaven. I mean, that's what his word says. We're in an incredible position right now. We want to entertain God's way. Now, you might be looking at me saying, well, I'm just not like you. Thank God, because there's all kinds of other ways to be. I want to give you an example. Jesus is standing in a crowd. They're taking an offering one day, and the Pharisee walks up. Could you blow the trumpet? Blows the trumpet, drops it in. Are you looking? Okay, now he drops it in, right? This little widow comes along, right? Probably has osteoporosis, right? She's walking like this, right? She puts her money in. That's all she did. She's in the word of God. And I guarantee you there were other people there that day, not just Jesus pointing that out, but some saw her. They had eyes to see a treasure in somebody who was poor. You know, which was really a beautiful point because we're so poor in many areas in our lives. You know, we have brokenness, broken relationships. You know, we may be facing physical ailments. There's something broken about every one of us. And it's exactly in that place where God wants us to be on display. You know, um, Bobby Gunnels in Algonac here just met the family. I just love him. I can't stop praying for him because he's going through a, a, a cancer situation. Seven, seven kids, right? He's on display. He led worship, you know, at youth group on Monday night, left in pain, surgery on Friday, you know. And in that place of brokenness, there's a light that comes out that is beautiful. Embrace your brokenness. Get the grace. See, I told you, God wants to love on you today. He wants to give you, you know, himself in a very, very beautiful way so that you're, you respond to him today 
and then you can respond to others. Don't let this message be another, oh, I've got to do this as a Christian. No, don't go there. Let's take a look at, I have a up slide, it says up. How can I live out this parable? And here's how we can do it. You know, we go up in our relationship with God. You know, that daily meeting with him, absolutely essential. You know, and we let him come in and let his word, you know, do the surgery it needs to do. Let, it, let him pick the weeds out of the garden, so to speak. Yeah. You don't have to think about what that is right now because the Bible talks about our besetting sin. You know, let's allow Jesus sanctification to work in us so that we're so full of it we can't help but share and then we can go out we can go out and share that that's how we do this all right so have you ever felt like an outsider there's a lot of people out there that do at the end of this portion we saw in the little cartoon jesus said compel them to come in how compelling is your relationship with jesus People get around you, do they feel like, man, I just, I want what, what he has. I want what she has. Why are they so special? And you can't fake it. You just can't fake it, you know. I mean, 100% fake it. Sometimes if you feel lousy, like yesterday, I didn't feel like going there. And when I got there, I realized I'm in my zone here. This is, this is where God wants me. I gotta be on my, I gotta be on my game. I don't know how to do that, you know? And so for each one of us, it's going to be different. Some of you might just be like silent workers that people just go, what? Did you see her? Did you see that? That child just walked down the sidewalk and picked up litter. What is up with that? Kids don't do that, right? So you could be very subtle and very impactful, and you can be more extrovertive and impactful. The bottom line is God's called us to impact this world and this community specifically. He's called us to do that. Jesus invites everyone. Who will you invite? Who will you invite to have this everlasting life? I don't think it's okay with Jesus that there are some people that are going to hell. I don't think it's okay with him. I don't think it should be okay with us either. We've got to find a way to live our lives the way he has designed us because, little something for you, you will be blessed because you're on your game, you're in your zone, you're doing what you're made to do. And secondly, you will please God. Well done, my good and faithful servant. How many of you want to hear that? Put your hand up. Yeah. Well, this is how you do that by accessing the power of God to be his witness. We are not to be a people who have this well-ordered form of godliness without the power. We're called to be a people of power. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not theory. It's not theology. It's not a good idea. The gospel is power. We are called to live in the power of God. And that comes by being humbled, which is perfectly okay, because every time that happens, he pours out more grace, more grace to us. Do you want to answer the invitation to be the invitation in our community? Do you want to answer the invitation of Jesus 
today. Let's stand. And Eric's going to come and lead us in some more wonderful music. That question will be answered by every single one of us. It'll be proven by how we live our lives. Amen. Father God, I pray for each one of us today. May we be the invitation. May we be those that go out in the highways and the byways and invite people, but let us not do it without first having had this precious time in your presence. We've all been outsiders, and now we're insiders. And once you get us in the house, you shape us up. You renovate this house, HGTV by the Holy Spirit. You renovate us so we can invite people in and we can cook it up for them in our renovated kitchen of the heart and supply a meal that's called communion because we get to serve up truth that is transformational. May none of us leave this place today scratching our heads saying, what did he say? May we know what you have said today concerning our calling and our place in life. In Jesus' precious name, I ask for special grace today. I pray that this message, your word, out of Luke 14, will linger in our hearts and continue to permeate our thoughts. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together this week. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and to get you connected to the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org forward slash connect to introduce yourself today.